The First Letter to the Christians at Corinth, Chapter 1 Paul, commissioned by the will of God as a messenger of Christ Jesus, and Sosthenes, a Christian brother, to the church of God at Corinth, to those whom Christ Jesus has made holy, who are called to be God's men and women, to all true believers in Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace be to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I am always thankful to you for what the gift of his grace in Christ Jesus has meant to you. For as the Christian message has become established among you, he has enriched your whole lives, from the words on your lips to the understanding in your hearts. And you have been eager to receive his gifts during this time of waiting for his final appearance. He will keep you steadfast in the faith to the end, so that when his day comes, you need fear no condemnation. God is utterly dependable, and it is he who has called you into fellowship with his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I do beg you, my brothers, by all that our Lord Jesus Christ means to you, to speak with one voice, and not allow yourselves to be split up into parties. Altogether you should be achieving a unity in thought and judgment. For I know, for some of Chloe's people have told me, that you are each making different claims. I am one of Paul's men, says one. I am one of Apollos's, says another. Or I am one of Cephas's, while someone else says, I owe my faith to Christ alone. What are you saying? Is there more than one Christ? Was it Paul who died on the cross for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? It makes me thankful that I didn't actually baptize any of you, except Crispus and Gaius. Or perhaps someone would be saying I did it in my own name. Oh yes, I did baptize Stephanus' family, but I can't remember anyone else. For Christ did not send me primarily to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel. And I have not done this by the persuasiveness of clever words. For I have no desire to rob the cross of its power. The preaching of the cross is, I know, nonsense to those who are involved in this dying world. But to us who are being saved from that death, it is nothing less than the power of God. It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the prudence of the prudent will I reject. For consider, what have the philosopher, the writer and the critic of this world to show for all their wisdom? Has not God made the wisdom of this world look foolish? For it was after the world, in its wisdom, had failed to know God, that he in his wisdom chose to save all who would believe by the simple-mindedness of the gospel message. For the Jews asked for miraculous proofs, and the Greeks an intellectual panacea. But all we preach is Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, and sheer nonsense to the Gentiles. But for those who are called, whether Jews or Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. And this is really only natural, for God's foolishness is wiser than men, and his weakness is stronger than men. For look at your own calling as Christians, my brothers. You don't see among you many of the wise, according to this world's judgment, nor many of the ruling class, nor many from the noblest families. But God has chosen what the world calls foolish to shame the wise. He has chosen what the world calls weak to shame the strong. He has chosen things of little strength and small repute. Yes, and even things which have no real existence, to explode the pretensions of the things that are, that no man may boast in the presence of God. Yet from this same God you have received your standing in Jesus Christ, and he has become for us the true wisdom, a matter in practice of being made righteous and holy, in fact, of being redeemed. And this makes us see the truth of the scripture, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord.